Hello. You're listening to Mock Footage. These two pals really like movies, but one of them hasn't seen very many, okay? Our hosts won't be using any nasty language, so you can share this with your grandma. And they will be discussing major plot details, so here's your dang spoiler warning. Hello, hello, hello! My name is Joe Langlois, and this week we are discussing Memento. My name is Ray Geroso, and I have to remember if I've seen this movie. Spoilers, I haven't. No, Ray, we watched it together. We've watched this movie like ten times. Was this during the Jumanji? Yeah, yeah, it was during the Oh, and you had your memory wiped on the one. Okay. Because every time we watched, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, well. Well, I took some notes, but they don't make sense. Okay. Well, can you make sense of them? What happens in Memento? Well, okay. So, in Memento, Ed Norton... (laughs) Uh Sorry, I just have his face for this movie. Yeah? Ed Norton is in a loving relationship with his wife, played by... I need to pick somebody. Who's somebody from the 2000s? What's her name? What's that lady from Friends? Jennifer Aniston, uh, his and his loving wife Jennifer Aniston, are in a in a wonderful relationship, and suddenly, she's dead, and he Whoa. does not remember the past twenty four hours, and he needs to remember so he can solve her murder before he gets killed as well. Okay, it's a basic premise of Memento. Okay, so. How does he lose his memory? Like, what what happened to him? What happened to her? Well, <laughs> wait. Well, if he just all of a sudden does he just like wake up and his wife's dead and where is he? So he's still in his house. He wakes okay. up, but she's not there. Okay. Because she's dead. In right. The living how does room. how does he know she's dead? She's in the living room. She's dead in the living room. Okay. Like stabbed. It's just a body. I think it was, he thinks it was poison. Oh, okay. Um, so we don't find out how he lost his memory until the very end. But <laughs> stupid. Um, basically, you're doing great. There's an intruder, and he gets drugged and also hits his head, and that's why he loses his memory. Okay, so we find this out at the end of the movie. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this intruder is now in the background trying to make sure he doesn't figure anything out, because okay. they escaped, but he does not know of their existence, aside from that, the fact that his wife is dead. So, the, so rather than the intruder... Rather than the intruder trying to kill him, too, and finish the job, he just tries to make sure that the amnesia sticks? Yeah, because here's the M. Night Shyamalan twist. He was the intruder, and he actually killed his wife. Oh, okay. All right. So, okay. So he's, like, this other person is just kind of imagined. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a psychological thriller. Okay. Are there any other characters, like any allies, or, like, how did the police get involved? Um, no, but they do, uh, there is, like, some bar scenes where they're out, like, when they're establishing their, their the lives and relationship, yep. And then, uh, also, 
Yeah, no, they like they go out and see some friends and stuff, and he has to piece together what happened. That this is sounding more and more like The Hangover. <laughs> it's kind of oh no! Uh, so Memento and Hangover have the same plot. It takes place in the same universe. Okay. All right. Yeah, actually, if you look closely during Hangover, you can see this guy, Ed Norton, running around in the background. <laughs> oh, no. Um, oh. So, what else is there to this movie? I mean, does he use any clever tricks or, like... Well, the, there's the cinematography, especially in the scene where he's... I don't remember what it, where it is, but it's, like, not a sewer, but there's a bunch of pipes and it's red... And it's very indicative of him going through his mind, trying to okay. figure out what's going back. It was real shot very well. Why was he in the sewer? Because he's trash. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think he's trying to track down. There's a, um, what's it called? Um, a red herring, red herring, where he's chasing someone and that the, that's part of the sewer scene. Okay. And they're chasing, okay. and they're not, and we're not sure if they're real or not. So it's a red herring, and then there's like he's in the red like sewer pipes and with a red light, and okay, mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that's yeah. So that's the kind of like really interesting shots and parallels that that get this movie a special place in some people's hearts. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you mentioned the sewer, the sewer scene, and that's one of the standout scenes. Would you say that that's the most memorable scene in the movie, or is there something else that sticks out to you as like the, the thing, the 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 shot or the the sequence that everyone comes back to and thinks about? I think that's one of them. The other one is when at the end when he figures it out, and it's just a shot of his like like a close up of his head, and it's just like overlaid with the what what's happened in the movie except okay. backwards oh okay okay so they it's, restitch the whole thing back together mm-hmm. uh it's very <laughs> no i'm not gonna make a speed racer joke not yet it's too soon we'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> um does he like turn himself in or anything at the end or does he is he just like left with the realization that he did this how did he do this? Why did he do this? I'm trying to think of the mental disease, and I can't think of the name. Well, to answer your first question, he does not turn himself in, but there are cops, like, okay. waiting. Circling the house. Kind of. Like, not. it's not like a full SWAT team, but, like, there's, okay. like, he contacted them, obviously. Right. And now he has to deal with the ramifications that he killed his wife okay but he doesn't remember so he like poisoned her and like himself as well and mm-hmm. and like it didn't kill him but it, it part of the injuries he sustained made him lose some short-term memory mm-hmm. and so i guess the other question is like why did he do this was it an accident or did he was he trying to kill them both or i think part of it is that there was a lot of strain on their relationship and it just kind of Okay. Well, it's implied that he was planning this, but not like that part of him was planning this, but not so soon. Right. So like it kind of so blew it was up. Messy. like maybe like when they went out with their friends or whatever, like some some 
real bad stuff happened there that he doesn't remember now in the moment. Mm-hmm. But that's part of what pushed him over the edge. Yeah. Okay. Okay. When and where does this film take place? So this movie takes place in the early 2000s. Uh-huh. And it takes place in Seattle. Seattle. Okay. Seattle. Just kind of in the city. And he's, yeah, just kind of uh, in the city. Just as a backdrop. It, it doesn't really play like a major factor. All right. In the movie. Um, so, yeah, it's... There's coffee. It's raining. It's sad. There's coffee. It's raining. It's sad. That's Seattle. all I know about Seattle. Is there, is there like a grunge band in the background in one scene? No. No. No music. There's no grunge music. Okay. There's not even a band at the bar. It's just some electro music playing. Okay. And it's red because that's the color scheme I'm the going co- So with. there's a lot of red in this film. There's a lot of red in this movie. Okay. That's... Th- all right, we'll keep an eye out. <laughs> um, mm. What was the best line? Oh! It's not a line. It's a quote. Okay. Um, Like a title card at the beginning of the movie or at the end? No, it's a quote he wrote down. Oh, okay. And I'm, I'm at a loss for words at what it says. Oh, you forget? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> the line is, I forgot. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> the best line in this movie is, oh, dang nabbit, I forgot again. All right. Well, uh, I, I don't know that there's too much more juice to, to ring out of this one. So we're going to go ahead and watch it after we eat some popcorn and we'll be right back. What? How did I get here? Oh, I guess I'm supposed to read these ads. I don't remember why, but let's give it a shot. Uh, I guess I'm supposed to tell you about a couple of podcasts on the Lunar Light Studio Network. So the first one is called Ending Pending. Oh, I know that. I remember them. Ending Pending is a podcast where hosts Andy, Evan, and Ronnie discuss television shows that never got the ending they deserved because they only lasted for a single season. I think that might have been their mission statement, but uh, a lot of times they end up looking at shows that ended after a single season because that's exactly what they deserved. Ending Pending goes episode by episode to find out what's working, what's not working, and where it all went wrong. New episodes of that air every Wednesday on EndingPending.com and Lunar Light Studio. Ending Pending. Is it working for you? Oh yeah. Don't tell Pawn Shop Lou that I stole all their bits. That'll probably make more sense if you listen to Ending Pending. I've been listening to a lot of it lately. The next podcast that I want to tell you about today is called... Overwitch? That's a terrible name for a podcast. But it's my podcast, so I can say that. Overwitch is one of the best casual gaming news sources out there. Every couple of weeks, your three best friends bring you up to speed on Overwatch, and then we talk about some other video game. We breeze through the Overwatch news and really spend our time digging into the details of whatever game we're looking at and uh, find out what we like about it, what could be better, and ultimately decide whether or not we're going to continue spending time on it after we move on to our next episode. It's a hoot and a half. We have a good time. 
just josh around uh and really if you like the energy of three friends goofing off uh you would like either of these shows i would highly recommend both over which appears every other friday on lunar light studio or wherever else your podcasts might live all right thank you for your time let's get back into the jeez i I forget what i was doing even what wait who are you well ray how you feeling you groaned at the end of this movie i don't remember i'm not sure uh it's a trip is what this movie is it's a very good trip i'm still not quite sure i understand what happened Mm mm-hmm but it happened. I remember feeling that way this the first time I watched it too, and I don't feel any more confident this time, although it has been quite a few years. Yeah. So that was fun. It's confusing. It's confusing. But so it goes backwards and also forwards at the same time. Uh-huh. And everything was a lie. Maybe. Maybe. But it was your but it was the truth he was living. So the I think it makes more sense to me now, and it's hard it's gonna be hard to explain, so I'm not gonna get bogged down in it. But basically the story follows um Leonard Shelby, played by Ed Norton. Stop. <laughs> played by an Ed Norton type. Um and he is the scene the movie opens up with him killing some guy um and then from there on out the movie is structured so that you get a well he has he has uh anterior grade amnesia so he can't make new memories basically Mm -hmm. after a few minutes go 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 by or a few hours maybe he like wakes up doing whatever he was doing and has to piece together where he is and what he's doing um so the movie opens up with him killing this guy and then from there the scenes transition between a conversation that he's having at the beginning of all of the events and then they go back to the ending but proceed in reverse order so as the movie right. is pro, pro as we're going forward in the movie these two timelines are getting closer and closer together until they converge at the beginning of the events <laughs> uh-huh. um it's it weird. helps that it's helped that the the reverse timeline is in color yes and that the first events are in black and white mm-hmm. and as soon as they converge the black and white shots become the color shots and then it helps you and that's to where it. you realize that's where the end of that's mm-hmm. the beginning of the end Essentially. Right. And so Leonard is trying to track down John G, who murdered his wife um, and injured him, giving him this condition. But the police don't believe that this person exists. And as the movie progresses, it becomes more and more clear that it's possible that John G doesn't exist. It It's definitely the case that the people in his life are using him. Uh, Teddy and Natalie are the other two big characters and they are both people that are using him and his condition to basically turn him into a killer um and have him take out 
people that are in their way. So he's very mm-hmm. motivated to kill John G., um, but he doesn't know who John G. is, and so all these other people like plant lies that he has to interpret, and he has to interpret his own notes, and he's tattooed himself with his own notes to try to find this person that possibly doesn't even exist. Mm-hmm. It's hard to track. Go uh, watch it. It's it's interesting. I mean, that's it's, my fact for you. Go watch it. Go watch it. Fact one: Watch this movie. So. I know that we like checked in a couple of times during the movie, like to go get a water break or whatever. And you said that you were enjoying the ride, but by the end of it, you seemed exasperated. What what happened? I was just sad. Yeah, yeah. I was just sad for Leonard. Yeah, I remember <sighs> the first time watching it, feeling like, oh, like the whole time you're you're following him and you're thinking like he's putting together the pieces and he's gonna finally get revenge, and then you find out that he already had gotten revenge or. Or possibly that this per- this other person didn't even exist. This murderer doesn't even exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you you realize that he he has set it up and built himself a puzzle, which he is accused of, um, which ultimately leads to him killing Teddy, who mm-hmm. is one of the, probably the biggest person that has been using him through this. So it's and he takes a picture of Teddy. At the end, so as long as he can get a note on that picture that says, "You're you're good, you're done," mm-hmm. <laughs> then he's good to go. But we never find out if that happens. Yeah, uh, it was fun watching the this the mystery unfold. Yeah, it was also sad getting to see because because it goes backwards. We're introduced to these characters having information mm-hmm. already. And so they're already using him. Uh-huh. And we don't know that. We're uh-huh. just introduced to them as like, oh, they're being nice and they're helping him. Uh-huh. And we go further back to when they first meet him with Natalie. Um, uh-huh. She she figures it out and uses him to her advantage and is terrible about it. Yeah. So I don't I didn't remember Natalie as a character. Like I didn't remember her being in the movie. I didn't remember how she fit in. But in one of the earliest scenes in the movie that you have with her, so it's later in the timeline after she has like gotten used to his condition and knows how to use him and um, how he fits into her life. Um, she meets with him at a diner and gives him like an envelope full of a bunch of evidence condemning Teddy as John G basically saying mm-hmm. like, there's the guy, go kill him. And it turned as soon as she did that, I was immediately suspicious of her. Because it was mm-hmm. so clear cut, like this is the guy that you need to kill. Go kill him. Um, and anybody that like knows Leonard would know what that means, and you know, know that it's not reliable and all that stuff. So, and then as the movie progresses, you find out that she was in fact using him to kill Teddy because Teddy was a corrupt. And that's the other tricky part. It's like you have the the main character is has short term memory loss, and like and is therefore an unreliable narrator but mm-hmm. also you have memory repression and also every other character in the movie is some kind of criminal and they're mm-hmm. all lying to him so it's uh-huh. really hard to figure out where the truth is yeah i'm i'm not sure where teddy lies i still i'm i don't know where teddy lies on, on it's here. my understanding that he is he, all of the stuff that he said at the end is pretty much true 
in that okay. he was the cop that helped Leonard find the original John G and exact his revenge. But then when Leonard couldn't remember, he continued to use Leonard for his own gain because he was a corrupt cop who was in dealings with the drug dealers, which were Jimmy mm-hmm. and Natalie. Right. And so he used Leonard to kill Jimmy and make some money. And then Natalie used Leonard to kill Teddy. Teddy. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you'd have to watch it again. I know that people have done, like, cuts where they moved all the scenes around so they they play in sequential order, and I would be Uh. interested in seeing something like that. Um, But it's... But it works the way it... It it, works, absolutely. It's presented, and it's great. That's why it's an interesting movie. Like, and it's a little hokey i guess and it was certainly risky but i think it pays off and it's it's it has that payoff feeling of like solving a puzzle or like noted like when you when you get to the end of a movie and there's a big twist like sixth sense and you find out that bruce willis has been dead the whole time and immediately your brain starts firing and thinking of all the scenes where like wait a second, he never talked to anybody, and like, oh, the you know, like the door jiggling or whatever, and you, you start putting together all of the clues that you've seen in the movie, you get that feeling over and over again watching this movie because mm-hmm. every scene connects to the previous one. Like, it starts off with him running through a trailer park, and he's like, what am I doing here? I'm chasing this guy. No, that guy's chasing me. And then the, a couple scenes later explains how he got into that situation. Mm-hmm. What what's great is that if you played this movie in sequential order, I don't know if you'd get the same. It, it would be a different movie. Yeah, you know, it'd be a lot yeah. more straightforward, and not as interesting. Uh-huh. With the amount, it it hinges on the fact that both the characters and the audience know and don't know certain things. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was wondering the whole time. Why Leonard's clothes were too big for him. Yeah. I was wondering that the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh And they bring it up a couple of times. How'd you get these clothes? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I it opens with him wearing those clothes. I'm like, those are too big for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're not his, they're Jimmy's. And they're Jimmy's. he took them. And he took Jimmy's car, and that's why Natalie thought he was Jimmy. Yeah, and that's why when he goes to the bar and he says i found this in my pocket it says come come meet me here after signed natalie and she mm-hmm. says your pocket yeah. mm-hmm. because she recognizes jimmy's clothes because he was never supposed to go there yeah but and usually he would trust well the thing is that he the the biggest flaw here is that he he trusted someone else's handwriting and he asks for that mm-hmm. from people, mm-hmm. but every time that happens, it's bad. It can, yep. it, it's messy. Um, and he takes a lot of his own notes and scratches out his own notes. And, you know, m- making the note about Teddy is what yeah. starts this whole thing. Don't trust his lies. And that's what makes everything complicated. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that you're, you're following this guy and he's like talking about you know, I have my truths and I have, I have my, my tattoos that say fact one, fact two. I have my method. I've learned how to deal with this, uh, this life that I live and this situation that I have. Um, but he's, he is scratching out notes and changing notes. Like he, one of his tattoos says first name 
John or James, which mm-hmm. like that's pretty unreliable if you're if you're going on a manhunt and you can't keep things straight and he's constantly like updating his notes and like having to to weed through lies but it gets to be too much and he gets turned around and, and we see that happen in the movie mm-hmm. i do feel bad for the guy it feels so bad it sucks it sucks, it sucks the, the, the it suck the scene where he like burns all of his wife's stuff and oh! he's thinking about burning it and then the and then we see him like wake up and like not remember that he had been at a fire like like he just puts out the fire and he there's no there's no it's... emotional resonance he doesn't know why he was there or anything like that oh. that sucked that was such a small scene too mm-hmm. that 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 him putting out the fire and that's what we see first yeah uh, oh it's, i didn't even think about that it's really interesting how he like it it's not good it doesn't make him a good person but it makes for a good movie how he sets up puzzle pieces for himself. Right. And my thing is, would they let someone like this out into the public is the thing. It's without, you know, guidance. I mean, it's it's hard to, to, I mean, he's functioning and it's fine, but as we can see, he's manipulated a lot by people around him. Possibly in the guardianship of the of Teddy, maybe. You yeah, know? that's true. And but Teddy's corrupt. Yeah, yeah, which sucks. He certainly shouldn't be behind the wheel of a car. <laughs> he mean, should not be driving. <laughs> he's fine. He's been driving. He can drive. Oh no, I don't have a lot to say. It was no. You you kind of. I mean, you, you did not nail it. Like you. Oh, yeah, like, we have to talk about that, huh? The biggest difference between your account and the movie is why the movie is interesting and why people talk about it, which is just the way that it's shot and how the scenes are put together. But outside of that, I mean, you know... There was like, a big twist, kind it, it, of. It's possible that the, the intruder doesn't exist. His wife was attacked. Mm-hmm. Is she, she's alive? As far as Teddy says... No, uh, that was that was confusing at the end. Whether yeah, his wife yeah, was alive, and if and what's the deal with Sammy? She was it's laying like... with him when he had his tattoos. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I don't know if those shots were real or not. Also. Yeah, we so. don't know where Teddy's lies end and begin, and and the the whole Sammy thing. I'm sure somebody's figured it out, but like... Somebody's figured it out, but <laughs> I need to watch it more than once to to figure it out myself. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, it, you're, I did get something wrong. There wasn't a lot of red aside from some blood in this There was no movie. red. There was no sewer scene. There's no sewer scene. There were plenty of red herrings. There were too many. That was just right. Who was your favorite character? Mm. Not a lot of great picks. Teddy was very charismatic. Yeah. I enjoyed the charisma of Teddy. But I think it's Lenny. I think it's Leonard. I really liked the monologues that he has. Yes. Yeah. And his reactions to everyone. And meeting them for the first time. 
Yeah. First time in scare quotes. I liked, um, I really liked Bert, the, the guy at the discount motel. Oh, yeah. The front yeah. desk guy who, like, checked him into a second room to... Oh, also <laughs> used him. It's, yeah. it's bad. Yeah. But he was just, like, so nonchalant about it. He's like, we checked you in because we can get away with it. Like, you're, you're going to pay twice and you're not going to remember. Hmm. <laughs> didn't like it. I know it was supposed to play off as funny, but I didn't like it. It was funny. It was funny. But I didn't like it. <laughs> what scene do you think is going to be the most memorable for you? What do you think is going to stick with you? I know what it is for me. I mean, what's the whole sequence that stuck out to me was when he was with, when he hired a lady. Yeah. To, uh, to to have his wife's stuff around the room and to to wake him up, and that that was just really sad for me. Yeah. And I don't think I'm gonna forget that one. Out of all the sequences, that one wasn't related to the plot Not really. as much, but no. that one resonated with me emotionally. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's <laughs> a good pick. Uh, for me, like between the decades since I first watched this movie and now the whenever I think of Memento the scene that I always think of uh, is him coming to the scene beginning with him running in the trailer park that was really funny though <laughs> what am I doing here he's like what am I, I doing must, here I must be chasing him and then he pulls a gun on him oh no this guy's chasing me <laughs> that that was good that was funny uh, I also like there, there's little things that happen, like the car window being mm-hmm. shot out, and that that we get later too. And the same thing with Natalie. Natalie, just... when when she comes inside and she's been bloodied, uh, she's been beaten up by Dodd, and that's that's an air quotes for you. Like she comes in and she's she says that she's been beaten up by this guy, which is going to put Leonard on this guy's trail. Um, but when he asks if she has a pen, she immediately like, oh yeah, yeah, right here. I have one in my purse. Mm -hmm. And it just, she had it like a little bit too easily, too quickly. Like she was ready for him to ask that question. And then in the next scene with her, you find out like that she had angered him into hitting her and taken all of the pens out of the house. Like we see her like Mm -hmm. grab up all the pens and then go outside and wait in the driveway until he forgets and then come in and come in with the story. Like those details. It was so tragic. It it was, it was, I I, I won't pretend it's not. (laughs) No, it was well done. And she used him. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Finish your thought. No, that's, I mean, I think that the scoring is really good. It's it's certainly intense. So, uh, Ray. Me? Is this movie worth watching for the first time? Yeah, or it is. maybe the second time. <laughs> yeah, no, I think this movie's worth watching even if you see the twists coming mm-hmm. because it's an interesting journey that Leonard goes through and it's for me, I know I'm not supposed to feel as much, but it's heartbreaking to see everything he has worked for just not come to fruition. Yeah, but yeah, he 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 won't know. Yeah, 
That's, he won't remember that's... unless he writes down a very detailed note, but he doesn't remember all that either. Mm-hmm. So, it's great. It's fun. I loved it. <laughs> Go watch it. Quick, before you forget. Watch Go, it right now. Go watch this flick. Okay. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, I know it was kind of a, a tougher one, so <laughs> I'm glad you had a good time with it. Um, if you want to suggest a movie for us to watch, you can reach out to us on Twitter at MockFootage, or you can send an email to MockFootage at gmail.com. Say hey, say hello, say anything, really. We just crave attention, and we need it from you. Um, speaking of attention, you can leave us a review on iTunes. <laughs> we would love to see that and read those out on the show. We got another quick announcement. This upcoming month is October, and it's the spooky times, and there are five Thursdays in October because the universe is smiling upon us, which means we get to have special episodes every week for five weeks in a row. Ray, can you tell us a little bit more about what's going on in October? Sure. Um, I'm scared. <laughs> We're going to be doing uh, some scary movies for the for every Thursday in October, and it's going to be a fun. We're going to have a scary blast. Mm-hmm. I know you're not a big fan of horror movies. Not but... at all, but I, I'm doing it for the fans and also for Spooktober. Because October is such a good time to watch spooky movies. Fall time is such a good time to watch movies in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To just so... cozy up next to your friend, get some apple cider and donuts, and spill that cider and throw the donut at the TV when you get scared when you see something like Scream for the first time. Like Scream, for instance, just as, just as a random. As a, yeah. Just not any particular movie, just Scream. Right. Oh, just Scream, okay. Um, so yeah, look forward to that. We certainly are. And we will be back with you next week. Ray. Me. What's the line that stuck out to you most in this movie? I wrote down two lines and I have to decide which one. It's more of a mini monologue. Um, I think it's actually the second one that I wrote down, which is memory can change the shape of a room or the color of a car. It's Mm. an interpretation, not a record. Memories can be changed or distorted, and they're irrelevant if you have the facts. Okay. That's pretty good. But people also make the facts, and facts can be wrong. I just wanted to... That's a Ray original. (laughs) But I really like that line a lot. I really like the one. It was really melodramatic, but it still kind of hit me. It was, um, how am I supposed to heal if I can't feel time? (laughs) (laughs) That's... That's the end. That's the end right there. <laughs> I was going to go into this whole spiel about memory and history, but nope. That's the episode. <laughs> Sorry. Right. You don't that's get the, Thanks, folks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Hi, this is Haley Rose. And this is Lily Blue. And we are the, the Good, Good Boys, Boys Girls. Hi, I love you. Hi, I love you. Hey, do you like to listen to the McElroy Brothers? You bet I do. Do you like to listen to the McElroy Brothers? Not only do I like to listen to them, but I like to watch them as well. <gasps> so do I. And if you're a fan of the McElroy family of products, well then, boy howdy, do we have the podcast for you. What's it called? It's called The Good Boys Girls. The Good Boys Girls. The Good Boys Girls. The Good Boys Girls. That's us. We're the Good Boys Girls. We're making this podcast where we two girlfriends talk about the McElroy brothers and their wonderful wives and families and everything and their content and it's really great and we gush and we critically analyze it's come on come on dad you know you want to come it's really fun and meanwhile we're very cute and adorable and we have a good time together we certainly do we certainly do where can we find this podcast? Oh, you know what? I think it might just be on LunarLightStudio.com every other Friday. Every other Friday? Every other Friday. Wow. See you there! Wow.